A Podforte podcast. The next CMO podcast explores topics that are on the minds of forward-thinking marketing executives, from leadership and strategy to emerging technologies. And we bring these topics to life by interviewing leading experts in their fields. The next CMO is sponsored by Plana, makers of the world's first AI-based marketing leadership platform, and hosted by me, Peter Mahoney, the founder and CEO of Plana, along with my co-host, Kelsey Kraft. In this episode of the Next CMO podcast, I speak to Pete Loebser, the Senior Vice President of Marketing at Privacera. Privacera pioneered the industry's first SaaS-based data governance and security solution that integrates privacy and compliance across multiple cloud services. They help organizations use data effectively and responsibly, guiding them along their data journey. Pete and I discuss all issues related to data governance and privacy and how they impact the office of the CMO, what the risks are if you have a data breach or privacy violation, and what the opportunities are by accelerating your access to data in a privacy-safe way. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Pete, thank you very much for being on the next CMO podcast. We're really excited for this conversation. And to get us started, it would be great to hear a little bit about your background and a little bit about Privacera. Sounds sounds very good. And thank you, Peter, for having me on. Look, I'm I'm probably a little bit of a non non typical marketer. So first thing is, is I'm originally from South Africa. So if the accent sounds a little bit weird, it is not native Californian. It has a few airports in between. I started as a developer. So computer science, technical, in-house IT worked for big banks, worked for the South African police got more and more involved in strategic technology deployments. I designed huge EDI platforms for shipping company and so forth. And so kind of made the switch over to a reseller. So I was interested in the dark side of the vendors, um, started working for a reseller of business objects. And eventually that journey got me to to meet one of you and I's common friends and in background, Dave Kellogg, who is the author of Kellblog. And so Dave was the head of marketing for business objects in those days. And he told me, hey, come join my team in California doing marketing. And so that was the path for me. I think the for me, the real thing that I enjoy is sort of translating complex technology topics into a valuable business outcome, because I think that's what our tech is all about. I'm not a fan of selling tech for the sake of tech's sake. I I like that we can change business and we can change lives, even healthcare and things like that. And the thing that really gravitated me towards the marketing side over the last number of years is is really, I think marketing is in that sort of gearbox. You're the quarterback of that sort of translation of the complex technology message into a business consumable value proposition. And marketing is the one that basically do the connecting of the dots between product and our go-to-market or selling organization. So 
So that's sort of in a nutshell. I've gone through sales roles. I've gone through all of these things. But as I said, since moving here to the States almost 20 years ago, it's been pretty much marketing in a variety of flavors. That's great. And I was just going to say that the, the, the story sounds a little bit like mine. And I think a lot of successful marketing leaders in tech have done some time understanding technology at a reasonable level, because as you said, you have to sort of translate the technical capabilities and benefits into something that mere mortals would understand and is sort of the trick. And a lot of people, though, who start out in that technical role really struggle with with getting things to the point where they're under understandable to, to to others, which is great. And so just to get us started, is especially give us a little bit of background around Privacera and what they do where you're currently the CMO. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so Privacera is focused on the market segment, which is called data security governance. And so in short, data security governance is to to bring into balance three concepts, three domains. The, there's on the one side, everybody want to become data-driven, insights-driven, data analytics, AI, machine learning, and all of the rage. And by the way, as we talked about this 20 years ago when I kind of made business object, you know, it's just like self-service BI was kind of the rage. Moving to the cloud is another part. One of the problems, of course, with moving to the cloud is that cloud disaggregates from a technical point of view what we used to think of as a database. You know, that storage and compute and processing all in. Today, when you think about cloud, is as you've got S3 for storage, you've got Databricks or Spark or name your favorite processing engine. So it disaggregates that. And so along with that come then the complexity of how do I define security access and the works. And then the third part is increases in regulations, compliance. It's no longer a nice to have. It's no longer a let's let's do another 30-minute training session in the organization on how to not click on the bad emails. Like, and so, so data security governance is about bringing those three things into balance and for organizations to unlock the value from data. Sort of what Privacera does is, um, is we have an open standard-based platform that allow you to holistically and centrally create your security, privacy, data access policies instead of doing it on a piecemeal basis. That's kind of for us the focus. It's, so it really is about saying, it's just like, it's just, well, you, you want to become data driven, but do not comply and security risk and these things sort of be something that you leave to chance is you need to do something that 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 is enforcing those security policies and making sure that folks are not getting getting things wrong in the organization. So help us connect the dots a little bit here. And I know it's going to be easy for us to drop into discussion about S3 buckets, which probably will lose 99% of our audience. The nerds out there like you and me maybe get excited about it. But let's make sure we anchor the conversation around where some of the elements that you just talked about, which is what is the risk and the business impact and why should a CMO care about data governance at the very highest level to start? So it's just like two things. There's the there's the plus side, okay? Is it like as a marketer is we are in a fantastic position because we can instrument so much of our business. Right? We have our automation systems, we've got Google Analytics, we've got a ton of the stuff that tell us every how many people were on the website, how many people clicked the page, how many people abandoned, how many people filled the form, how many of the form fills have become leads, have become opportunities through the system. So the plus side of it is it's too good to miss. You have to do this. You have to get the analytics right. 
The other side of it is is the risk side, the compliance side of things. And so obviously we all know GDPR or CCPA and all of the states in the US are, are following suit. I mean, and every country in the world is basically doing something. And here's the problem is, is you cannot... You can no longer afford to leave this to chance. I mean, the fines are pretty real. It's like we hear about millions upon millions of dollars are fines for a GDPR or a CCPA violation. And so there are, in my mind, only two kinds of companies out there. Those who have been breached and know about it and those who have been breached, but they just don't know about it yet. Right? And so, so I think it's just the critical from a, from a marketing point of view is you're the tip of the spear of data and of customer data within your organization. And so you need to take that sort of mandate with a lot of responsibility and you need to be serious about this. And the great news about this in the old days, it was the kind of as a star shall not touch the data because it contained sensitive information. So now what we're saying to people is like, you don't have to have one or the other. You don't have to have the wild west and free for all and people are breaking rules. You can actually have free access, self-service, but you can also have very robust security controls in place to make sure that we don't have um, unauthorized access to data, that if I give access to a partner, to another team, to marketing data, to customer data, if I need to have a data science project run for two weeks to do some propensity analysis, I can give them access. And if there's social security numbers in there and they shouldn't have social security number, I can remove it or I can mask it or I can give them a portion of the number so that it's de-identified, but they can still do the analysis. So you literally can have your cake and eat it in the regards of access, self-service, but also have the balance back on the risk side. But I think that the bottom line, I mean, we're hearing, making the US data breaches is in a region of cost about $9.3 million per breach, according to an IBM security study. I mean, that's a nasty number. It's like that's for some small startup, that's two times my marketing budget. Like you want to take these kinds of things serious, you can't go and leave these things to chance anymore. Yeah, it's very helpful. And, and certainly as a marketing executive, I think having a grasp of the potential issues related to data and potential opportunities is pretty central. And I like the way you boiled it down. The idea is that there are opportunities where you should be able to leverage data to answer questions that you may not have been able to answer before, empower new solutions and features and capabilities for your customers, things like that. But there's a massive risk if you do it wrong. And we also know that there's just having a solid compliance posture is incredibly important from a brand perspective, which translates directly into sales velocity. So if you're selling to businesses, as an example, having some kind of ability to actually prove that you have good governance on this data is incredibly important. And, and if you can't, then every single deal gets slowed down as someone starts to go in and has to investigate all the details. So that's super important. Yes, Peter, to, to add on to what you say, I think one, one of the things that we're beginning to observe is, look, I mean, we know enough examples, and I will not call companies out, that have absolutely no respect for privacy and the data that they are collecting. And for them, it's simply a, a revenue stream, and they will do and abuse as much as they can out of that. But then you have companies like Apple, where they do believe that, that this point is becoming a brand imperative, and they are building a brand identity around that. I mean, Apple has made it publicly that they believe that responsible use of the consumer data 
is paramount to the definition of who they want to be. And as you said, does this begin to influence the products they build? So as a marketer, I think as we can be on the forefront, not just on the tick box of being in compliance and not use the data incorrectly, but I think for some organizations, it's going to be appropriate. If you're in a consumer-facing world, is I do think if you're a bank, is there's, there's a brand value for you to be able to put up your hand and to say, is it like, we want to use your data responsibly. We are using it responsibly and here's what we're doing. And as I said, not just in the, oh, tick in the box, I'm compliant to GDPR or CCPA, but actually let's think about this carefully as to how we want to use these things responsibility. And it, it doesn't even touch on the ethical side of things, meaning the sort of biased and non-biased AI and these kinds of things, but, but just using data correctly, being responsible. And so for us, that's kind of, if you sort of ask us about our mission and our vision, it is about enabling responsible use of data for organizations. And for us, that responsible is a massively loaded term because it's about that trust that people can put in you as an organization. So if you were to hazard a guess, what percentage of companies do you think have, have issues with their data governance, meaning that, and let me be more specific, how many people you think are out of compliance when it comes to EPR or CCPA or something like that? There's, that's a big that's a big question. I think is, is the out of compliance, I mean, probably 30 to 50% would be my guess. But I think the question is not about being out of compliance. The problem is when your data initiatives are being bogged down and slow down because you don't have a fast mechanism. So give you a simple example, like in the analytical world, quite often people throw this term out there and say 80% of the time of an analyst is spent waiting for data. And it's like, I'm waiting, preparing, shaping the data. Part of that is basically I need access to data and I make marketing data, like whatever, um, an analyst in the finance organization need to get access. Marketing data might be, in an S3 bucket, some Databricks, some Snowflake, who cares? doesn't matter where they are, right? The, the typical process is basically that somewhere in, um, in the organization, you create the ticket in Jira or in ServiceNow, and in the background is, is there are minions in IT running around trying to manually go and create the, right? And so heaven forbid, if you look at organizations like a Nike, think about Nike's data platform and Nike's environment. Nike is one of our customers is they get data feeds from a variety of organizations that they are retailing with. You know, it's Food Locker, Dick Sporting Goods, and name the company that you want to. That data flows into the organization, each with a contract as to how that data should be utilized. And analysts say, I want access to customer data. Right? How do I provision that data? So two months, three months down the line, that data scientist is getting their notification in an email. Hey, by the way, the question or the data that you wanted is now available for you. And you think about that kind of ramification. So, so the problem is quite often not the compliant or not compliant. It's about it takes me months to actually get access to data for me to complete my project. And now you sort of roll this downhill in terms of the business impact. So really organizations are doing, and Gartner actually has a statistic about this. Gartner reckons 80% of digitization and data-driven initiatives will fail because people haven't modernized their data governance initiatives. I mean, that's the shocking number. It's like, if you think about that kind of number, compliance, well, maybe half of people are fine, half not. But what if it's 80% of the initiatives failing, slowing, not reaching the objective because we don't have an easy, fast button to go in and configure and give people access? As I said, you can't have the, no, you can't. 
we can't have, that's no longer the answer. The answer has to be, is it's like, yes, you can. And how do we do this very quickly and do this in a compliant manner? So what are, what are the problems? What's stopping that minion, as you called them? I'm sure they're <laughs> going to take offense. So the, that kind professional in the IT organization who you've asked to help to go collect some data, what's stopping them from turning around and delivering it to you immediately? Is it because you have to ask someone in IT and you'd like to do it yourself? Is it because the question was formatted wrong? Is it, what are the issues? It's, I mean, so, 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 so first of all, there's, I think there's sort of an inertia in the organizations that think we, maybe we're fine, right? And so by fine, we mean is as well, we have secured the perimeter. We have secured the application. And in the days before COVID, when all of us were going into HQ, that might have worked a little bit okay, right? As I said, the, the problem with what we face with now is you have to go and secure all the way down to the last mile. And you have to do this on a zero trust framework, meaning you, you, you can't leave it and say, well, if you can't get into the network and can't get into the app, you have the kingdom at your fingertips. You have access to everything. Now we need to say as well, well, Pete can only see Western region sales data, right? And remove um, social security numbers. And a huge percentage of breaches are still happening because of misconfigurations, meaning people just didn't change a password. And the other part, 15% of the problems are actually actually compromised credentials, right? And so if that compromised credential has access to everything, you have just now opened the entire world to, to somebody. So part of it is inertia. We think perimeters are good enough. I would say go all the way to the last mile. The second part is it is really complicated. And first of all is, is do you have a proper understanding of your company's risk posture, meaning what is our balance of risk versus reward? How do we think about this? And can look very different. The technical complexity is massive because, as I said, cloud is really cool, but the way that you define a row level or column level policy in Snowflake versus Databricks versus S3 versus Redshift versus name your flavor of database is massively different. In an Oracle database, these things are highly sophisticated. These things have got decades of security protocols built into it. You come to one of these cloud services and it's like, um, yeah, no, you can't do it. It's not possible. And so building it onto the database quite often is where a lot of the time goes. So those are two things that we see quite often happen. People don't have a clear definition. How do I define row level or what is our posture? What should I allow? What should I make as a policy? And then the second part, I've got 15 data services that I now need to go and create the policy so that Pete can only see Western region data redact social security number. And I need to now go and technically work out how do I do this in Snowflake? How do I do this in Databricks? How do I do this on S3? How do I do it on Databricks on Azure versus Databricks running on AWS? And all of these things are creating complexities for the technical staff and they need to have a massive amount of skills. And quite often it's different teams, different individuals running in and out of, of the databases to try and go and create the physical enforcement layers. So would you say that these problems are more complex as you, if you look at a few different variables, one is sort of size of an organization. Obviously you get lots of different complexity challenges. It's probably age of an organization because you've got probably technical debt in your data assets, things like that to deal with. Are there things like that you say that, hey, some once someone reaches this point, whether it's size, whether it's age, whether it's complexity, whether it's number of acquisitions they've done, they, it becomes a massive problem? Or does everyone have it from the the startup that in incorporated three weeks ago? 
Look, it, it, it's going, I think that all of those dimensions are going to play into making the problem really painful, definitely. So scale brings complexity quite often. I mean, acquisitions bring diversity, different approaches. So all of those things are going to play into it. Obviously, if you're in a highly regulated industry versus an industry that's not highly regulated, that's going to play, play a big role. But I think increasingly organizations are just realizing as well is that it doesn't matter the complexity of my environment. I just don't want to maintain the need and the skill to do that myself. I want to have a platform and a service that can do this for me. So, so we have, I mean, we have some of the largest brands you can imagine. I mean, I mentioned companies like a Nike, Comcast, Wells Fargo. I mean, we work with big organizations, but then we have smaller organizations like a Udemy, right? Emerald X. These are smaller organizations and these people are just making a conscious decision that the the challenge for me to go in and actually build these things and maintain them by hand is just massively inconvenient. I'm not, I mean, like I said, we move to the cloud because we don't want to run Hadoop platforms on-prem. So in the same way, we do not want to have the the burden on our staff to be able to say, how do I create a role-level security policy in Starburst? Or in Dremio, is it's like, let's work with somebody who's an expert and who stay on top of it. Like, how do I go in and do data classification? So discover what's there, classify the differences between PII, HIPAA, whatever else might be the case. And so, so even if you don't have massive complexity, I think people are saying, is it like, is this, I think I need to have an easier button than simply me going and do the lift and do the coding or whatever mechanisms that I have to do. But I mean, the players will be regulated industries, complexity, obviously. These things are literally where organizations come running and say, is it like, as I say, I need to do and I must have a big platform that can do this. But as I said, we see increasingly small organizations are coming to us and say, is it like, not my business to maintain these kinds of technology skills in my environment. I want to be the analyst. I want to be the data scientist. All of these other things, I want to run Databricks in the cloud. I don't want to have to maintain the cores. Same thing with security is they can sort of look at a platform like us as an independent layer and we can reduce the burden. So if you were to look at a marketing organization in the next few years and say, what are the kinds of core skills in this area of data and data governance and privacy need to be internal to the marketing function, what skills do you think they need to have that are part of the office of this? I think we need to get a clear understanding of governance and security and privacy, meaning is understand what is right, what is not right, what is acceptable, what's not acceptable. So, so meaning stay on top of GDPR, stay on top of CCPA and take an active role. I don't think the kind of, I can say the posture of it's the security team's problem, is CISO or the chief privacy officer's problem. Is That's not, I think, the right thing. Be on board. Put your hand up and say, as it's like, as it's, I want to be participant in the processes of data governance, of the task of governance. Now, what that doesn't mean is I want to become a programmer to be able to code in a database how to do a certain policy. Right? The platforms will make it easy. But I want to say, as it's like, as a marketing leader, you should be the owner of marketing data. And if there's a request for marketing data, as it should come to you, you should be able to say yes or no. I know why Peter should get access to it and why Peter should have access for the following three weeks to the data. I'd say as it's like 
step forward and say, I want to be part of the governance process, help design the process so that it can give you the flexibility, both in terms of self-service for analytics, but self-service for data governance, because I should be able to approve a data request. And if a marketing analyst should be able to say, should I mean, need data, they should be able to find it by themselves. They should not need the secret with an IT organization to say, so like, I found the right person, he can tell me what's there. So I think this is the self-service data governance mean we need to step forward and say we want to participate help us to help us understand how we can be participant in this journey how can we help the it team how can we help the privacy and security team how can we help the data infrastructure organization and the analytical team so that we all can collaborate and have that single view across the organization. But I think it it starts with ownership and it starts with being curious and being sort of stepping up to that burden. And I think our analysts and our domain experts will do this. This is not a new person you need to put on staff. I think as we have the people, it's a case of just getting interested and getting curious instead of saying, as it's like, well, if it's data, somebody else is going to care. Or if it's security, somebody else is going to care. No, you have a role to play and I think you can step to the plate. And by the way, everybody wants you to help. I mean, it's like as your security team wants collaborators. The security team is not built to do all of this. The security team is there to help give guidance and say, let us define our posture, our risk posture. What are the policies we need in place? The data teams can go and implement this, but as business owners, we have to be there at the front of the conversation to help that our organization actually implement the right the right controls and behaviors. That it makes a lot of sense. And the parallel that I always like to think about is the legal process. So we don't ask a CMO to be a lawyer, but they should know not to not to agree to uncapped indemnification in a contract, as an example. That would be a bad idea. So they need to understand the business yep. implications of the key decision points and the key key issues related to the domain. If the domain is a contract, if the domain is data, et cetera, they should understand those. And I suspect that there's a an uneven at best kind of state of knowledge when it comes to marketing leaders today. And in that there, there's probably, there are probably a lot of people who just don't have enough of that base understanding of what's going on. So how do you, one, do you agree? And then two, if you do agree, how would you recommend that that gets remediated? Do you hire someone who's this data policy expert on your team or do you get smart on understanding the issues related to data governance that impact a business? And if you do, where do I find out that information as yeah. a marketing leader? That's a great I know that was a many-part question. I apologize. No, I, I, look, I, I think that I think a lot of this is going to actually start with having conversations within your organization because, you, I mean, there's plenty of stuff to read about what's going on, but I would probably start on the security side and have a conversation about how are we thinking about risk and security and privacy in the organization. I mean, as a CMO, I mean, you're sitting on e-staff. You should have that conversation with your counterparts. I mean, there is an IT group that probably can help you. There might be a security, a privacy office, or maybe it's in legal. But I would start with that as a conversation because that's the overall framing. Where it's kind of where at the highest level we want to frame the conversation. And then we need to start looking into the details, meaning as a, do I have a grasp of GDPR versus CCPA? Do I have a grasp of HIPAA if that's applicable, if it's, if it's SOX or whatever might be the case? It's like, as a, so, so there's plenty of places where you can go and learn about this. But to me, it starts with that conversation and 
kind of just, I think the point of view, I would just keep on advocating. It's not somebody else's problem, right? You have to own, you have to step into it. You can't just assume somebody else cares. I mean, there's a huge change. I just want to digest a little bit, sort of digress a little bit here is I think that the traditional approach when we started two, three years ago is as we started talking to CISOs, um, security officers, they would say it as like, well, you guys do data. I don't do, I don't do data. Go talk to the guy with data on his title. And that's changing in the organization. I mean, this is your chief data officers and analytic officers. Everybody should begin to say, as it's like, as it's, data is all of our problem and the data access as well as the security, the governance and all of these things need to be part of our problem. But as I said, so, so take that ownership. And then, as I said, you can go to security conferences. I think the problem with security conferences, it geeks out very deeply and it become very fragmented. So cybersecurity, edge, endpoints, whatever the sort of flavor of the month. But there are organizations that you can read about. IAP, I don't know what the acronym stands for. It's IAPP.org is one of these sort of industry bodies. I mean, certainly we try to write about these things and try to write about this on a, in a sort of a business language and not try to make this a technical configuration issue that you need to understand the end degree of stuff. So it's that sort of multi-part to the way that I think about this. I've learned a ton. It's just when I started here is as I kind of had some rough ideas about GDPR and then CCPA became a reality for us. And increasingly, you begin to learn more about the different regulations. And I said, that's the easy part. You can read about that and you can jump into it. The bigger one is basically, who are we? How do we think about this? And what do we want to do about this? And let's educate each other because this is how you're going to unlock all of the different bits and components to say, I need faster access because I can't wait that long. And if somebody said, but I can't give you faster access because that guy over there says, I can't give you access, he's the privacy guy. And get everybody and sit around the table and understand the business ramifications, the business opportunities, the risks, the values we want to unlock. And that give us an easy roadmap to go and learn about whatever detailed policy or regulation we need to. It makes a lot of sense. Well, there's a lot there. And, and I suspect that marketing leaders over the coming years are going to need to get smarter and smarter in this domain, especially if you think about a, a lot of marketing leaders are really trying to make sure that they hold on to the mantle of this idea of the chief digital officer. So if you want to be the CMO, if you don't want to give up the digital side of your world, you better understand data and, and data privacy and data governance in, in a really meaningful way. And I can tell you that I had, when I was a CMO, I dealt with some really gnarly problems related to, to data privacy and that, that costs our company tens of millions of dollars. And it's very easy to happen. And as an example, we had a particular issue around, uh, around the TCPA, which is the laws around how you can call people on the telephone. And, and it relates back to data because you had to have permission a certain way to call people a certain way. And if you didn't have the traceability to say that I actually, in fact, did had have permission, then you have exposure. I think it was about $1,500 per call. You could be fined at the time. As you might imagine, those things can add up pretty quickly. So there's a, a huge risk. And as you said, Pete, also huge opportunity if you can address the velocity question by by taking advantage of those data assets as quickly as possible. Yeah. Well, b- b- believe it or not, we're actually at the end of our time. I don't know how that happened. It, it often gets away from me. I did want to make sure I asked you at least one question about marketing, Pete, and we didn't really get into it too much about, about Privacera in your marketing. So we'll have to talk at another time, maybe as we get into your marketing strategies. 
But it would be helpful to understand this, your answer to this one question that we try to ask everyone, which is, what advice would you give to current or aspiring CMOs? Actually, the, for me, the number one is think about yourself not as small in marketing, but think about it as capital marketing. I think as we started our conversation about my belief that marketing is that gearbox, that sort of quarterback, and I think is that that requires capital in marketing. So think of yourself as a strategic part of the e-staff and that your voice need to be heard at the strategic level in the organization. It's not just good enough to say, it's like I've done an event, I've done the demand, I've created the website. I mean, these are the tactics we need to do. I, I think to, to me, that's number one. Number two would be is like is this relationship with sales to me is paramount. And for me, the North Star, I mean, Dave Kellogg, when I say to him, so what does a marketer do? He said, marketing helps sales sell, I said. And so it's about scale. And so for me, North Star is revenue. The second part, obviously, is, is pipeline. I don't talk to my CEO about marketing generated pipeline, all pipeline. I own all pipeline. And I will quarterback that conversation and the remediation. There are engines that will determine how we wish to invest, some sales partners, marketing all of these things. But I think too often is as marketing is seen as a part of the team. Marketing is seen as somebody who says, my part of the boat is not leaking. Yours seem to be leaking. And so to me, those are kind of the two things that I really like to think about is one is, is be a strategic member. If marketing is not done right, is this everything scale, failed? You can't scale a company through product and you can't scale it through salespeople. You can scale it through digital marketing efforts. And the other part is have a really strong relationship and orient yourself towards the business outcomes. For me, those are sort of the paramount things that I tend to think about. Well, that's great advice. And I love your idea of looking very holistically at the ownership of pipeline because it is a big struggle. And that's one way to certainly minimize the bickering is to say that the, the task is on my back and I own it at the end of the day, no matter how it shows up. So uh, it's great advice. Well, Pete, thanks so much for being on the podcast. We really appreciated your insights and we went deep into data and data governance and data opportunities, which uh, I hope all of our listeners will spend some more time learning about as we go forward. Uh, and if uh, you in the audience have ideas for guests that you'd like to recommend, send me a note at, at the next CMO at plana.com. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter and all those things. And thanks again for listening and thanks for being with us, Pete. Thank you, Peter. Forte Podcast.